Welcome to More to Come, PW Comic World's weekly podcast on comics and graphic novel publishing. I'm Calvin Reed, Senior News Editor of Publishers Weekly and Co-Editor of PW Comics World. Check us out online at publishersweekly.com slash comics. All right, um, uh, loyal listeners, we are back on the floor of the San Diego Comic-Con, the biggest pop culture festival in North America. Um, and we're sitting here in the, uh, the the booth for First Second, the graphic novel imprint of Macmillan. And we get a chance to talk with M.K. Reed. Um, Writer for a wide variety of comics. We're going to talk about them now. Uh, MK, thank you so much for being on More to Come. Oh, thank you for having me. So, uh, I mean, I've, I've known about your comics for a while. You've been writing for a while. I'm in the Cute Girl Network and, and others. We're going to get you, let you talk about them. Uh, but you're doing science comics now, if yes. I'm not mistaken. And from everything I hear, <laughs> the science comics are blowing up. Uh, I, did a, I did a story about the, uh, 10 years at, uh, for a second, mm-hmm. and... I think they, they launched the line with about four, but apparently, it, you know, they went crazy in France and everywhere else about them. <laughs> so uh, tell us about science comics, and then we're going to talk about some of the other comics. But sure. I think you're doing, you did one on dinosaurs. Is that one out now? Yes, the, the one on dinosaurs came out in March, and it's the first one along with uh, um, Coral Reefs by Maris Wicks, which uh-huh. I love Maris, so I was uh-huh. so excited yes. to cool. see her book come out, too. Very cool. Um, so we, we got to be the first two thrown out there. Um, and then John Chad is coming out with one on volcanoes oh, okay. uh, in the fall. So very cool. Now I, I think of you, I guess, as a different kind of writer. I don't think of you as a science writer. I, I no insult intended. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, uh, tell us a little bit. I, I do want you to talk about some of your other books, but sure. but this is really interesting to me because I, I do I also mm-hmm. think nonfiction comics in general, and I think science comics in particular. Uh, this is this is a big part of the comics future. Yeah, no, it, I mean, the, the the teachers are the new librarians, yep. kind of, yep, yep. Um, mm-hmm. so um, we're, I'm kind of lucky to get dragged into this project, yeah. <laughs> not that I got dragged, yeah, I, okay. um, I'm sure it's voluntary, well, <laughs> no, Calista sent me an email, uh, like, would you like to write about dinosaurs, and I didn't hesitate for a second to just say, send yes back to go. her, bingo, um, <laughs> because why? If someone gives you the opportunity to write about dinosaurs, you just say yes. <laughs> yeah, I, I would agree. I would agree. So, so tell us about this book. I mean, you, do have you done science-oriented writing in the past, or no? This was kind of the like the first thing since um, uh-huh. I was, you know, in college and had to write papers. Yeah, right. Yeah, all right. No, that's um, <laughs> um, but this was much more fun. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. There you go. Just to, so you know, you we really are on the floor of Comic Con. Um, so now, are, are there more? Science. Yeah. We're gonna pause for just a second. There you go. Um, are there more science comics to come in your future? There are. Um, I'm working on one now about uh, weather and storms. Uh, and when right. that one is wrapped up, I'm doing another one on crows. Okay. Uh, now, who are the artists that you're working with? Uh, Joe Flood did uh, Dinosaurs. Oh, Joe Flood. Yeah, yeah. Which he is, is amazing. Yes, and well, so you know I'm a big fan of Joe. Um, he's doing one on sharks all on his own. Sharks. <laughs> I'm so excited <laughs> his own for that. personal shark week. Oh, yeah. He's, uh, the last time I saw him, he just started telling me about sharks. I'm like, this book is going to be It's going to be awesome. Be so I love it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Jonathan Hill, who uh, did Americus, is going to be drawing oh. the weather one. Great, great. Yeah. Right, well, let's jump back in time a little bit. because Because, sure. I, I mean, that's what I, I mean, Americus was this great book about censorship. Um, the, the cute 
Girl Network was, you know, you know, basically how women rule the world. <laughs> Someday. <laughs> sort of, yeah, you know, or you know, or parts of it, you know. Um, uh, tell our listeners a little bit about the stuff you've done in the past. Uh, so, Americus uh, is a, a young adult graphic novel about a high school freshman trying to save his favorite fantasy books from being banned in his town library. Um, and the Cute Girl Network is about a twenty-something uh, young woman who moves to a new town, starts dating this guy who's kind of a knucklehead. Yeah. Um, but has she's red. She's like a skateboarder. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then all of her friends come out of the woodwork to yeah. tell her, "Don't the trash him. this poor guy." Terrible. Yeah. Um, so that one's a little yeah. just more fun. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Uh, well, terrific books, and then Americas was a web comic as well, uh, if I'm not mistaken. Am I wrong? We we did run it as a web comic before the book came out, mm. um, but that was. Did you take it down now? Is it down or is it still up or the, some version of it? The first chapter, I think, is still up mm-hmm. um, at saveapathia.com. Uh-huh. Um, pretty sure that's all one word. Um, <laughs> uh. <laughs> um, but all it's uh, it's still linked to on my website, which is mkread. R e e d dot com. Right, and I being an R e i d. Yes, yeah. it's important yeah. to differentiate. It really is, you know, people out there, because really, I mean, most people <laughs> tend to spell my name like they spell your name. People don't like the the, the i e version. See, I always get the opposite. You people did it. See, always all right. want That's to put an I in there. All right, there you go. That's there. <laughs> that, it is our fate. Um, so, d- 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 tell us about how you got into writing with comics. Um, I always kind of wrote stuff when I was a kid uh-huh. uh, and then I didn't read comics for a long time in high school because it was the 90s and I was not clued into manga um, so I had no idea that there were actually books beyond, like for me to read after Archie mm-hmm. um, and then in college someone gave me Sandman and I got sucked back into it and um, you start yeah. reading comics, you start writing Sandman comics Sandman will do it, yeah, yeah. well this is, there you go yeah, yeah. <laughs> So, what was your is what was your first your first pro job? My first pro job yeah. um, was probably Americus. Oh, really? um, yeah. I mean, that's my first yeah. book. I did a that's couple. It's not bad to start off. Yeah. In the first second. I did, no. I, <laughs> I, I'm not I'm kind of in an enviable position. I realized yeah. that uh, I just sort of like. Um, I knew Colleen Venable um, sure. from yeah. New York, and she was a designer at the time, and yeah. she introduced me to Callista, cool. and I think I also knew Gina from yeah, just yeah. being around then. So cool. um, at, at some point, I was just like, I have this book about libraries, and you do all this business with libraries, so I guess I should show it to you. Yeah. Um, and they they picked it up, and yeah. they were like, yes, we definitely want this book. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. that started it all off. Great. Well, I'm going to jump back to the science comics now. Are you sure. doing any any kind of cool special stuff to promote or market the books? Um, are you uh-huh. Signings in like you know, you know, museums. I, I don't know. I, no. Just curious if I, there's some special way to no, promote these kinds of books. I should start. I've kind of been uh, keeping close to home this past year yeah. just because I'm working on so many things. I've been yeah. kind of too busy to go out and do them, and they're kind of just on their own, just flying yeah, off. They're flying, yeah, yeah, flying off the shelves. Um, I think um, there's as many as like 18 coming so far. There and are, and I'm going to be more. Um, I'm doing two, and uh, they're yeah. They it's it's been different behind the table at shows. Just that I 
people see the cover and they're like, oh, dinosaurs. I know what this is about. I'm buying it. Instead well, of like, I need to explain what a book is to you <laughs> or what this book is about to you. <laughs> well, people like the dinosaurs. They do. <laughs> they don't mess around. No. So now, uh, so um, have you published with other publishers or you're not? Because you've certainly done a few books here at, at, for a second. Um, uh, I'm doing a series that's coming out in the fall from Lineforge uh, called The Castoffs um, oh. that I am co writing with Brian Smith and Molly Oscar Tag is drawing. Oh, and, cool. I know um, Molly. I like her. I she's like Molly. wonderful. Yeah, yeah. Um, and she's a delight to work with. Brian's great too. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yes, I don't mean to put him down. <laughs> <laughs> um, and that's. In previews next week and coming out in the fall. Um, So that's that's my other big thing now: wizards and dinosaurs. Okay, well, (laughs) um, your plate is full. A little bit. Uh, Well, look, MK, it's really good to to talk to you. A little bit, find a little bit more about you doing. And look, thank you so much for being on More to Come. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Welcome to More to Come, PW Comic World's weekly podcast on comics and graphic novel publishing. I'm Calvin Reed, Senior News Editor at Publishers Weekly and Co-Editor of PW Comics World. Check us out online at uh, publishersweekly.com slash comics. Oh, right. We are still in the first second booth. Uh, Just got finished talking with MK Reed. And now we get to talk to Gene Nguyen Yang, uh, my man. Uh, Gene, thank you so much for being on More to Come. Thank you for having me, Calvin. This is a pleasure. Well, it's always a pleasure. Um, I mean, you're doing so many things now. Uh, I mean, you're, 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 well, you were writing Superman. Now you're writing new Superman. That's right. I'm writing new Superman. Yeah, you know, well, you know, we'll talk about that another time. But uh, I read it. I like it. Thank you. Know, you. Thank um, you. Uh, you know, you're a national ambassador for uh, young people's literature. That's is right. that right? Yeah. Uh, no, who's, what, is that the Library of Con- who, Who's the... It's the Library of Congress and Children's Book Council. And Children's Book Council. And then Every Child a Reader, which is like right. a, an arm of Children's Book Council. Awesome. So you're, 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 you're an ambassador to reading. What what could be better, uh, as, as well as being an artist? So that's great. I guess you're traveling around the country. I have been. I yeah. have been. I did six trips in April. Wow. You know, got on okay. an airplane six times. It was, uh, I guess, 12 because I had to come back. Okay. Well, I can't uh, But it's been fun. It's, 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 you know, it's, it's been really busy, but also I get to, I get to connect with students, with, with librarians and teachers all about reading. Yeah. Well, what could be better? Uh, so, but we're at the first, second booth here. You've got a, 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 one of your publishers now. That's right. <laughs> uh, you have a new book. I, 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 I haven't had a chance to read, but I, I know it's a follow-up to, to uh, Secret Coders. Uh-huh. And this is Secret Coders, uh, Paths and Portals. Yeah. So could you tell us a little bit about? Sure. About, Secret about Coders, um, it's, a, it's a book I've been thinking about for a long time, the mm-hmm. series. It's, mm-hmm. Secret Coders will end up being a six-volume six series. Mm-hmm. Cool. Uh, mm-hmm. I taught high school computer science for 17 years, and mm-hmm. I taught in this really visual way. So I do mm-hmm. a lot of drawing on the board, you know. And um, when I was doing this, I always thought a lot of these lessons would work really well in comic book format. Mm-hmm. So that's exactly what Secret Coders is. It's cool. me taking these lessons that I did uh, on the board in my classroom and translating them into comics form. I'm working with a guy named Mike Holmes, an amazing cartoonist. Mm-hmm. So I'm just doing but the writing. Drawing, he's doing yeah. the, mm-hmm. the art. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's got this real Saturday morning energy to mm-hmm. everything he does. And it, mm-hmm. I, I think it serves the, the book really well. Mm-hmm. Um, in the so so the the premise of the book you know mm-hmm. it's it is these lessons but the yeah. lessons are embedded in a narrative and and the way i like to talk about it is i'd like to tell people that it's kind of like harry potter so okay. harry potter a group of kids find a secret people school pay attention <laughs> yep that's right that's what i'm hoping yeah. that's what i'm hoping uh the secret school teaches magic in harry potter in our in our book 
you know, these kids find a secret school, but the secret school teaches coding instead ah, of magic, and they learn ah, to become coders. Ah, so digital magic, you could that's say. That's right. Ah. That's right. I really think there's a, actually mm. a, a big link between coding and magic. Uh, and in, in the second volume, we get into that. Like, they don't find the school Especially yet. Especially to those of us who can't code. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you can't code because you you, you got to read all my books, well, and then you'll be able to code. I, I, I will. <laughs> so, so, so they are um, they 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 they're a secret club within. It is. It's almost it, like they, they uh, go to the secrets. Like they go to a really creepy school, and what they find is there's a secret school underneath this really creepy uh, school, uh, right? Yeah. That 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 is this older. Like, like this new creepy school was built on this older uh, school. Uh, and you were telling me that uh, you've got a promotion that's going on. The first chapter going to be giving some books away. That's right. Yeah. Tomorrow, yeah. tomorrow oh, they'll awesome. be. Uh, I have a signing at two thirty, I think, and they they have a hundred copies to give away. Mm -hmm. um, that's great. We love your books. Uh, I mean, what are you when you are out on the road talking with students, uh, talking with teachers? What are you hearing back? I mean, and particularly about comics. I mean, we're at a, such an incredible. Point now. I mean, yeah. years ago, I mean, some of us uh, dreamed about uh, having uh, someone who was nominated twice for a National Book Award. That would be you <laughs> <laughs> for two wonderful American-born Chinese and for Boxers and Saints uh, to be a national ambassador to really, and not just you. I mean, it, it seems as though comics uh, are being embraced uh, in, a, in one of the broadest way fashion. And at the same time, we're sort of at the beginnings of what the medium can do what what are you what kind of feedback and you're getting from people and well, teachers and, and and kids you know first people love comics i really think that kids these days are reading more comics than they ever have yeah. before mm -hmm. right uh, yeah. and it's like i don't they're not necessarily reading more superhero comics than they used to but they are reading comics period yeah like yeah. like Raina Teglemeyer's books are just selling absolutely. like crazy. It's absolutely. hard to meet a kid now who has not read a Raina absolutely. Teglemeyer book, and yeah. and that's just shocking. That's yeah. amazing. I think the new book has got a half a million copies. Exactly, first amazing, uh, amazing. Yeah. It, like that's yeah. that is inconceivable yeah. for yeah. anybody involved in comics yeah. even ten years ago. Yeah, it's uh, it's incredible. It's incredible. And, but you mentioned superhero comics, and we love superhero comics. But it, it, it's just testament to where the American, the North American comics market is now. I mean, superhero comics dominated. Uh, they did. To, uh, you know, they did. Uh, perhaps to a little, a bit too much. Yes. Uh, and what we see now is a market that looks, well, like like America, yes. <laughs> like American yeah. publishing. Yeah. You know, there are comics for everyone, and that's I think is what's exciting about the moment that we're at the beginning of the expansion of comics and superhero comics because we're also in a period where superhero comics have never been better. You're writing one, and I should say, <laughs> on another podcast, I was talking about um, before the truth, uh, uh -huh, the uh -huh, Superman. Before truth. The, yeah. yeah. Um, which I thought was terrific. Oh, really thank talking. you, thank you. Um, but we love superhero comics, but we love a, a broad, healthy comic book market yes. where there's comics for everybody, no matter yes. who you are. That's right. That's right. Right. I, I mean, I mean, you and I love superheroes. Yeah, we, yes, we, we grew up on superhero that's, comics. That's, there's that's not a something we want to see die. No, not at all. But but in terms of the medium, the fact that people now believe and can see that comics is a medium that can handle any sort of emotion any sort of storyline any sort of narrative is just phenomenal yeah, you know yeah. you know I, I think it's comics are slowly embracing not even slowly they're embracing yeah. diversity in every sense of the word diversity yeah. in terms of culture in terms of representation in terms of genre in terms of format everything yeah. it's, it's yeah. wonderful to see yeah. well last question um, I mean 
uh, I don't want to make you talk about uh, New Superman, but uh, you did do um, a, a wonderful book uh, about arguably the first, first Asian uh, Asian American superhero. That's right. And, that's right. And maybe you can tell uh, our artists just a little bit about that. About the book. sure. Yeah. Uh, the Shadow Hero the is a book that I did with Sunny Liu. It's mm-hmm. out from Source Second. It came out just a couple of years ago. It's about this character that Sunny and I didn't create called the Green mm-hmm. Turtle. The Green Turtle is possibly, arguably, the first Asian American superhero. He's created by a Chinese American guy named Chu Hing. Uh, and the rumor around his creation is that Chu Hing wanted his character to be a Chinese American, but his publishers wouldn't let him do it. Uh, so he yeah. gets super passive aggressive because yeah. he's a cartoonist, and yeah. that's what we do yes, when we yes. get mad, right? <laughs> and he draws these Green Turtle comics so that you never see the character's face. Uh, Almost yeah. never. Only yeah, one instance yeah. that you do. Yeah. Uh, and, and the rumor is that he drew this comic like that so that he and his readership could imagine his character as he originally intended, as a Chinese-American. Wow, it's, as, it, it's almost making his identity a blank canvas. Yes. You can, like, yes. you can draw it yourself in your mind. Exactly. Yeah. And I don't know if that's true, yeah, right? But There's no way to know if that's true. It's a great story anyway. But it's, it's <laughs> such an awesome rumor yeah. that yeah. We, we, did a, we did a book about it. We, we yeah. sort of, um, like Chu Hing never gets around to telling us his origin story. Yeah. We created an origin story for yeah. this character yeah. from the 1940s. Well, uh, this is one of the great things about the moment now. Uh, we're seeing diversity in every way, not just yeah. in ethnicity, but in genres. In genres, uh, that's right. And, and thanks for you to you for uh, both contributing to it and, and spreading the word. Well, thank you. Thank yeah. you, Calvin. It's always a pleasure. Thank yeah. you so much for all you do for the world of comics. Well, we love comics here. So thank you so much for being on More to Come again. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. My yeah. pleasure. Welcome to More to Come, PW Contest weekly podcast of comics, graphic novel news. I'm Heidi McDonald. I am at Comic-Con. I am in the secret booth of IDW, and I am here with William Gibson, the author of Neuromancer, Idoru, and now, what is the title of your book for IDW? Archangel. Archangel. So it is his first comic. Is it your your first comics writing, or have you done a comics writing before? It's yeah, it's it's my first comics writing. There was a, decades ago. There was an adaptation of Neuromancer that was never quite completed. I think they got one oh. one, one volume out. Right. But that was when you know back in the day when when graphic, the graphic novel was being invented. Sure. Uh, but I wasn't involved at all with turning the material into a comic. Um, so now had you ever like I, we were talking about Margaret Atwood actually who's also here and we talked to her yesterday and she'd always doodled she'd always loved comics she'd always read them and she always had ideas that she thought should be comics uh, but you, that is not true of you is my understanding right well, are it, you a comics ex- an, uh, there are a couple of common elements when I was a kid I, I, I doodled and I, I daydreamed about being a cartoonist and and right up until like fairly close to the beginning of my my career as a professional writer my career daydreams were about visual arts although you know actually I never did anything in school or or career wise to further that mm-hmm. but I thought of myself as a as a, a visual person 
and I think I actually am a visual person. I think of myself as a very visual writer. Mm -hmm. If I can't visualize it, I can't. I can't write about it. Mm -hmm. Well, certainly your writing is full of full of incredible images. Uh, so uh, you know you have to have that that kind of you know visualization process. So how did Archangel come about? Well, it, it accidentally really. Uh, my friend Michael St. John Smith, who is an actor, like a television mm -hmm. film actor in Vancouver, had a friend who was a, a German producer, indie, indie producer guy, and he mentioned to Mike that he knew a tele, there was a television executive in Germany who was working on a, working on a project to make a, a limited TV series set in World War II, which according to Hendrik was rather <coughs> radical move in, in Germany to set mm -hmm. set a TV series in World War II. And, and Michael and he Michael mentioned it to me and I immediately thought of of the the semi-mythological Nazi flying saucer projects mm -hmm. <laughs> and and the actual but probably not real World War II UFO, proto-UFO sightings in the war zone, the Foo Fighters and right. things. And so I said, tell Hendrik that we, we'll, do, we'll do one for German TV about Nazi flying saucers. <laughs> and Hendrik, who has a, a, a certain a German sense of humor, yeah. <laughs> went, went to, the next time he was in Germany, he went and told the guy that we'd do it about Nazi flying saucers. And then he came, Hendrik, in his delight, came back and described to us the an utterable revulsion that the executive had expressed. <laughs> So this was not a popular idea? Yeah, but this was not, well, I mean, we, it, it was a hard no. And somehow that got us so giggly that, and, and kind of acting like little boys, we decided we'd do it anyway. So we, you know, we began working on what we thought was a, a treatment for a spec script. And eventually, for a while, it was a spec script, and then it was, even more briefly, the concept for uh, for uh, a computer game, and uh, but we had this, you know, we we had this we had the story arc and, and bits of a bits of a script, and IDW turned up wanting to adapt something that turned out to be not available, and I, I said, well, wait a minute. We've got, look at this, what do you think of this? This, I don't know, maybe this could be, get to be a comic. And they were immediately extremely enthusiastic, which was like super gratifying. I hadn't really, I hadn't really expected it. <laughs> right. And so, and it, it went from, it went from there. Yeah. And, so did you, uh, you know, was the process of writing, writing this, you know, like a lot of people come to comics from other mediums and then they're like, when they sit down to write it, it's uh, you know they have a little learning curve. Did you have oh, a learning well, curve? We, or? I had, I we had such. All right, no, just uh, uh, the process of writing the book, or what you learned about the process. Well, I, I think we, I think we had a, an absolute optimal experience doing doing that, and we. Uh, I, I, 
broken the art of my... Well, were you trying... I mean, like in, like you were saying earlier about how you are, you know, have visual, you know, visual well, writing and, you know, breaking it down into panels. I mean, was that yeah, an easy well, process? Because we didn't actually have to, to do that. The, uh, the third credit... Ah. The third credit on, on the cover is, is Michael Benedetto, who is a, a professional doer of that ah, and I'm not even okay. sure what I, I don't know what the title mm-hmm. the job title the job right. title is but it's been absolutely fascinating for me to watch Michael do this thing that is somewhere between being a, a screenwriter being a director and being the editor of the editor of the film mm-hmm. and it has no equivalent in any other form that I know of. It's very specific to comics, but it's absolutely a, a real job with, with this hellishly complex job description. Right. And he's just, he's brilliant at it. And it's been fascinating for me to watch him turn the material uh, with a, quite a lot of, of, you know, consultation back and forth and seeing the sure seeing different versions of layout. Sure, yeah. Now, did this inspire you at all, though? I mean, you know, I think you were telling me that your daughter is as a... She writes comics as yeah, well? Yeah, she writes what's, comics. What's her name? Claire Gibson, with, ah. a, with an E. Yeah. And she, she's writing a comic for Image called From Under Mountains. Oh, okay. Her, yeah, her, yeah, her yes. Yes, I saw that. It's got amazing art. I didn't realize. Yeah, that's her uh, first. Yeah, isn't Marion Churchland is doing the art, I think? Or? Well, Marion is, is Claire's best friend from high school. Ah, okay. So they, they became like indie comics mm-hmm. girls to, together. And... and it's a it's a long story and I probably wouldn't get it right. <laughs> Marion has it hasn't done. I don't think she's done the interior, any of the interior art. Okay, yeah, I think I'm I'm I know I. There may have been a cover. Or yes, I think she was involved. In if I covers. get it wrong and publishes for right. this weekly, she'll kill me. I know. So I I'll, 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 I'll look up the the uh, what the okay. you know the credits were on it. Yeah. Um, so, I, I mean, I guess I'm curious because I, I, I've been in this business a long time and uh, I think even, uh, I read an interview I with you, a lo- yeah. I read an interview with you a long time ago and I think somebody asked you about comics and no, you just no. said, ah, oh, you know, that my kids are into no, that or something. And, uh, and no, with no judgment inferred. It did seem like at that time this was something more like, you know, even a, like writing a comic would be more of a come down. Yeah. For an author, or you know, it's it, more of a. No, it wasn't that so much. I, well, I never felt, you know, I never felt superior, mm-hmm. but I felt like I didn't want to. I didn't want to crowd. I actually, felt like I didn't want to crowd my kids' culture. Right. Like I, this is my first right. first trip to Comic Con, and Claire's Claire's been here five or six times. Right. And and you know, it was someplace like she could go and do do career moves and stuff, and sure. not have her dad standing around. So. Right. Right. But, and I've been aware of it. it. It's my 
cultural, my cultural story with comics was that I read uh, the mostly I read DC superhero comics when I was a kid, mm -hmm. and quit reading comics sort of outgrew them. I thought probably just as Marvel was starting, so I missed Marvel. And then the counterculture intervened, and my comics consumption continued, but it was all crumb and zap. Mm -hmm. And right. that was that was my thing. And I, so I never really paid any attention until the you know Alan Moore came looming over the horizon, <laughs> and some some right. business people I was involved with sent me Watchmen, the hardcover Watchmen, and I was going, holy shit, <laughs> you could do serious work in this, yeah. in this medium. So I knew it was, I knew it was happening, and I was conscious of manga pretty early on because I was a kind of pop Japanophile, and, but I just knew it was there, and I never really went went there went there very much and, yeah. and it felt I was glad it was there mm -hmm. but it, I was kind of words in a row right right and, and they were they were doing something else right well there's certainly no shade <laughs> yeah. you know but it does seem like everybody's got to have a comics connection now you know it's just more and more like uh, you know so many authors are, are you know, either having work adapted or you know doing it themselves, and, and it's that way. really yeah, yeah. It, it's, it's really very vital. Interesting. Yeah, I've, I've been trying to get a get a handle on that for the past twenty four hours. I don't, <laughs> I don't think I have, but there's something. Yeah, there's something going. There's something going on. And well, the, the culture is so pleasant, really. Oh, yeah. It's just like very you know socially, it's very very pleasant. Where do you get that these days? <laughs> it's well, it's pretty thin on the ground. Yeah. Well, what do you think, obviously, with all the cosplay, I mean, you know, this is sort of the world you envisioned in your books, you know, pretty much brought to life, isn't it? Well, it's it's a lot nicer than, than the world I, I envisioned in my books. <laughs> That's what I find most striking about it, is how, how nice it is. How nice it is. It's quite, it's quite non-dystopian, actually. Right. <laughs> well, there you go. You yeah. heard it straight from the yeah. horse's mouth. It's yeah. non-dystopian people, people will think that I, when I say it, it's a bad thing, but yeah. actually it's not. Yeah. Now, have you any exposure to Pokemon Go? Only, only via Twitter. Uh, although actually, the first time I saw people doing it was was here at Comic Con, and they were doing it in a very large hotel elevator. As we ascended in the elevator, they were catching Pokemon. Uh -huh. uh, <laughs> I didn't know you could. I didn't know you could do that. I've been yeah, I've yeah. been catching them in my room. Cause I'll tell you, there was a. Uh, they're in your room. Yeah, they're wow. everywhere. There could be some right here, actually. Wow. But if you look at the. Uh, the screen. Um, one, I, uh, you know, I read Neuromancer. I, gosh, it's one of my all-time favorite books. So, all that whole series, you know, one of my absolute favorites and a brilliant piece of work. There was a Neuromancer uh, game, computer game, yeah. that you played. 
and I, of course I became obsessed with that and this is old so it's yeah. very yeah it that was, was very primitive it was yeah. very primitive but it fired my imagination and Pokemon Go looks so much like this game when you do it because it has this whole like grid world and like the stops and and you know it's sort of like all these ideas are coming full circle now well I think that my guess would be that augmented reality games will now evolve so to speak that they'll become slicker and more slicker and smoother and perhaps more more complicated than Pokemon Go. But I wonder if any anything will you know, how long it will be before something something has that kind of literally overnight explosive. Right. right. I mean yeah. one day they released it and three days later there's more people doing it than are on Twitter and Tinder. Right. Right. Uh, that, doesn't, that doesn't happen. Well, I, I think you're right. It could be made more immersive or more com- more complicated, but something about the simplicity of it. It's just little animals and, you know. Yeah. I mean, there's something very appealing. I mean, just as a, a bystander, yeah. I find there's something quite appealing to it. And I'm also, I'm fascinated by the the idea of the game space of verting into the physical space it's like it turns itself inside out right and the world becomes a setting for a, a video a video game which is something i've written about and anticipated i just wish that i anticipated people doing it with smartphones <laughs> and in uh no the forgetting the titles of my own own work. Uh, Spook Country mm-hmm. has a, a major subplot about augmented reality. But in order to access it, people have to put on put on a kind of Oculus rig mm-hmm. with a battery and walk around and right. walk around in the street. Meanwhile, all these same people are using smartphones. And the reason that happened was that when I wrote that book, I did not yet own myself a smartphone. <laughs> so if I had just had an iPhone when I wrote that book, I would have totally into I swear I would have anticipated talking oh to go. Yeah, tectophobes beware, yeah. The, you know, a cautionary tale. Yeah. Um, well, what's the, the thing about it was, uh, like, once you finally download it, it took me a few days to download it, but it's really amazing because then the, the first time you do it, and you're just hyper aware of everyone else walking around looking at their phone. Like, are they doing it too? Like, it becomes this, like, what? It's like yeah. this spy. It's like they live, you know, the movie yeah. they live. You put on the thing. I saw this a, a, a YouTube of a crowd of adults, most, mostly adult people, mm-hmm. walking at 2 in the morning around a fountain in Central Park. All of them on their iPhones because there's some fucking man action yeah. there that's gotten them up and they come from all over Manhattan. It's so eerie. Yeah, it is. It's a really, it really... Eerie, it's a really eerie sight. Yeah, the, uh, because they all have those sort of lit from below faces. Yeah. And, yeah. Well, it's a game changer. It really is. Yeah. Uh, so, I, would you do you think you'll come back to Comics World? Do you think you might do another project or? Yeah, I mean, it's really, it's on my list of uh, doable things. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, 
It's an inter yeah. It, it's a very it's a very interesting thing. It usually what happens with me is that I get an idea, and I don't even like to call it an idea because you know, for most people culturally, that that would imply that. I have some idea of what the thing is, <laughs> and I, I, I usually I don't. I just have this kind of vague, very vague thing going on, and and I then have to decide what medium that thing might be able to best manifest, right? Best manifest in, and I I think that you know more. A more fully realized comic, comic action might be to wait for wait for something that can only be a comic, mm -hmm. and, and then it'll be stronger. Right, right. Yeah, it's like I don't think of ad adaptations of books into films as being like necessarily the optimal form of, right. form of the book and usually the films I like best are either written by the director to be to be or written by someone to be the film or are adapted so loosely that they amount to the same same thing. Right, they give it a completely different spin. Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, yeah. So yeah, you've had some, uh, Hits and misses in film. <laughs> I have. I've had a checkered, a yeah. checkered career. Yes. Do you think that now, with you know the fact that CGI is so much, you know, makes everything easier to do? Do you think that now would be a time that you know a proper version could be made of some of your work? Or well, what actually seems to be, what seems to be happening is that the the uh, voracious and seemingly unquenchable. Un thirst for a product to turn it material to turn into episodic yes, television in yes. a new sense it, it, it makes it more likely that anything is going to wind up as a, <laughs> uh, on Netflix or right, something right. for instance than to be to be a feature film because because the world of features has become Notoriously risk averse. It mm. seems to be most secure when it repeats itself formulaically. I'm mean, even more than that used to be the mm. used to be the case. Yeah, so they're terrified it, now. It's very hard to get. It's very hard to you know. Nobody would would, would have let us. Nobody today would let us make Johnny Demonte. Oh mean, my that, God. That seems <laughs> and, and that was just so uh, kind of a. a weird off-the-wall episodic thing. Uh, it started out with Robert Longo telling me that he was going to make a one million dollar art, black and white art film <laughs> of my short story. And I said, cool, uh, go, go for it. Yeah. And then it, it's like there was, they weren't risk averse, right? They right. were crazy. Yeah, 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 they yeah. Were, yeah. yeah, they, yeah. Were, they were not risk averse to the point that they were like reckless and, and yeah. like criminally driving criminally <laughs> <laughs> you know and then this movie was released in theaters and yeah. uh, you know now I mean I have a friend here who made a movie based on his comic and I mean you know it's like they did get money to do it but it's like you know they don't know if it'll be seen it's really risk gonzo filmmaking 
but you know, getting distribution for it is yeah, yeah, you impossible. Can, you can, you know, you can be the garage Kubrick, but then you, you <laughs> can't necessarily get the get the distribution. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, there's still freedom in the word and and in comics too. I think comics Indeed. are pretty yeah. pretty loose, pretty yeah. loosey. That's why we're nice. Yeah. We have no money, but lots of freedom. Yeah. No, there's something to be said for it. <laughs> Definitely. Well, thank you so much for your time. Thank you oh, so much for talking. Thank you. Yeah. It's been a pleasure. Thank you.